1: Hour two of four on 710 K and U S Chuck Kirk at uh, 10 o'clock DP at noon. Then we go to Seb Gorka and Brandon Tatum from four to seven. Of course, I'll be back with you tomorrow from six to 10. Billy, um, afraid to come in. Apparently today will be his last day this week as he, he really gives into the fear and the anxiety and ends up staying home where I wish I think I was all the time in bed. Um, listen, there was a historicish vote yesterday. At the state capitol, not involving any legislation, but involving leadership. As you know, that there are 19 members of the Republican delegation, the Republican caucus for the House of Representatives. It's a super minority, but that super minority has been led in a super way by some great leaders. Uh, uh, Minority leader Mike Lynch has been one of them, but this vote was about his leadership. Um, I really appreciate him coming on. Mike, thanks for joining us, man. Good morning, George. Good to be with hey, you. listen. If it, it, thanks for being here. If the sound gets too crazy, I'll just have Billy call you back, okay? Because the cell stuff—it's you, okay. not your fault. It's every every caller's like this. I just want to make sure that we get it all good. Okay. Yeah. Um, first off, talk to us about the vote yesterday, and I mean, in just without spin, the straight procedural terms. Yeah. What took place, and what does it mean?
2: Yeah. Um, right. So the vote was a result of. A couple of the members, you know, requested that I resign, and um, you know, I take that seriously. I said, "Well, um, I'm not going to resign just because two people tell me to resign. So let's let's put it to a vote—a uh, vote of uh, what's called a vote of no confidence." Now, there are no rules at the Colorado State House uh, in our caucus, so that that would, that, that is, but it is—it it is a measure of the confidence level. Um, it actually does not require any action to to occur, right? Uh, traditionally, it means that you know if you don't have the confidence that you would step down. So, and the rules of the Capitol are: if it's a tie, then it's then no affirmative action was taken, and so it was a tie, and um, and so there was no no action required from it either way.
1: Well, can I ask then if it, the vote of no confidence carries no weight? Is it possible? that you could have lost the vote yesterday and said, Hey, I appreciate your input, but I'm gonna keep soldiering on.
2: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I I wouldn't have done that, but but like I said, there's no there are there are no rules in this. So um um I but George I'll always do the right thing for the caucus and, and we're still in you know discussions about what that is. And so um you know if it I I've got to have those guys united and if we if we're not united against the Liberal Democrats, then we're already we're already a small number, and um, you know we we've got to figure out a way to make sure that we've got every every bit of power we have down there with a uh, unification. So, so this is an ongoing deal. Um, you know, it's it's always fun for the Republican family to get to air their laundry and in, in public, but um, um, you know we'll we'll get this figured out.
1: Well, let's talk about that part, too. Was the debate over the no-confidence vote and the vote itself taken in public, or is this like a closed-door, yeah. private kind of thing?
2: No, it was it was public, yes, sir. Yep.
1: D- is it a recorded vote? Do we get to know who voted for and against?
2: No, it, it was not. It was a secret ballot vote.
1: It, it, what's the reasoning behind that?
2: Um, just so folks can... yeah you know, not worry about retribution for the
1: way they voted. Whoa. That's an interesting, that's an interesting one, Mike, as an outsider who's never been part of the legislature in any way, that's a tough one to say, Hey, we did the vote in public, but we just don't let people know how we voted. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, for folks that don't understand the backstory of this, why did this no confidence vote come up yesterday?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if, unless you've been under a rock, you, you would have heard that, you know, I had a DUI uh, in 2022. Um, I, I kept that matter private and, um, and did not let the caucus know about it. Uh, a, a mistake on my part. Uh, probably should have done that. And, uh, and so folks, folks were wanting, um, you know, because of that action, uh, requested that I step down.
1: Let's talk about that, too. And, man, once again, it it takes guts to finally own up to something and to come forward. And I appreciate you're sort of running the media gauntlet here, taking blows from all sides. Uh, I just want to ask candid questions about the position in which you find yourself and the words that you used to describe it. One of them was, I probably should have. In retrospect, do you think that there was reason to not reveal this? Do you wish you had revealed this? Um, You, you
2: know, George, we're under the microscope. Enough. I, I have done my time, just like any other citizen. Um, the, all the punishment that goes along with uh, committing a DUI, um, and, um, you know, as I was going through that, I you know, I, I was not excited about, you know, having uh, um, you know introspection on that from the outside. So so I yeah I don't know that. Um, and there was different different points of this process that you know you're innocent until proven guilty i wasn't proven um guilty until after after the election and after the minority leader election
1: so um yeah we're there's talking with representative truth. sorry i'm i'm sorry sir we're talking with representative mike lynch minority leader for the house out out here in colorado uh, under the gold dome um let's talk about that piece too because one of the things i like about you and there's a bunch but one of the things i like about you is you're a military dude right yeah. yeah, so tell me – yeah, well, that's just it, man. In a unit, if you had one of your soldiers go out there off post and get hooked up, for it doesn't matter what it is, but let's say it's DUI, that happens in the military too, wouldn't your yeah. expectation be that they come forward and tell you?
2: Sure. I mean, the military is a way different situation, and, and also – George, this, if this would have happened last week, absolutely yep. I would have stepped down. It, it, I, it, this happened outside of session um, and before before I was even elected. So, um, you know, this, is, this has been drug up from, you know, Hold on, this happened before
1: years. you were elected to the House? Yes. What, in my what month term. was this? This my was second. 2022, right?
2: Yes, in September.
1: In September, and so you got elected to the House in November. That was the first time you were in the legislature?
2: No, no, no. That's my second term, second term.
1: Oh, oh, oh so you were already a member of the legislature. You were running for re-election at the time. Correct. Okay. Uh, first off, I try to put myself in the position of what do you do when something like this happens, and I presume it is a weight loss moment. For a whole lot of reasons. One, I can't imagine being able to eat for a little bit after this as you think to yourself, what have I done? But there's also that instant moment of when you see the uh, when you see close encounters behind you in the rearview mirror as state patrols pulling you over. You got to be thinking, holy crap, what now? Like, I, I'm, I'm done. I get all that stuff and I get those initial Thoughts being ones of self-preservation. I totally appreciate that, and I think that that's predictable. So when people make a lot out of the uh, statement in the back of the car, hey, man, I'd really love to try to keep this out of the press, or words to that effect, I I get that. I understand that. And by the way, at the time you're saying it, you're carrying around about a 0.15 BAC. So this isn't Mike Lynch, clear of mind. This is Mike Lynch with alcohol on board. I get it. I get all that. But in the sobering days that follow, Talk me through why you didn't think this was a matter for the public and why you didn't want them to consider it.
2: Um, you know, at the same uh, at preservation of my family, honestly, um, I, I didn't want to bring that embarrassment to my church, to my family, and to my reputation.
1: That's a tough one, man. It's It's hard. It's a tough one. Um, as I think about this, and, and while I agree with you, the military is different in part, though, because you have to rely upon each other. Your expectation is that things that could interfere with that reliance, with that um, that trust, have to be brought forward so that the unit can continue to move forward together. And if somebody's operating with something hanging over their head or outside that might keep them out of the game because there might be future incarceration, it's it's similar in that way. I get the embarrassment piece. I would hate that for my family. You're right. I get that piece. The church part, those folks got to want to forgive you, man. I mean, that's, the church is there to recognize you're a sinner and you make mistakes. And while right. this wasn't a sin, that they're there to forgive you. That part, I, I don't understand as much. I think what people are going to take away from this, and you're feeling this right now with the reporting, is that the, there were politics at play here. Like if you were Mike Lynch rancher, not a big deal. Nobody really cares. But when you're Mike Lynch running for a second term in the House of Representatives and you're passing laws and voting on things that impact criminal justice and the funding of the state patrol and all that, all of a sudden this feels like it's a matter of public concern. Is that crazy to think in those terms?
2: Not, not at all, George.
1: What do you think, uh, hey, one second, a point of uh, personal privilege here. Hey, I love you, Graham. Do well at school, buddy. Do great things. I'll see you this afternoon. Sorry, buddy. This is, this is the, the joys of doing the show from home as I at least get to see the kids off as they head off to school. Um, tell me now, do you think that this thing is in the rearview mirror or what's ahead of you? And I asked that question knowing that Stephanie Luck, a conservative, uh, an ally of you know, the more um, right-wing portion of the delegation, was not present. I think she had just given birth over the weekend or something. Do you expect this issue to be brought up at a later date and if so, do you expect to survive the vote
2: um, i don't I don't think it'll be brought up i um we're having some discussion today and we'll figure out a path forward that'll keep keep the caucus moving forward
1: what are your takeaways from this whole thing
2: I, I'm sorry george one more time.
1: What what are your takeaways from this experience? I mean, from the from the uh, initial decision to just kind of wait and see if anybody discovers it until how it's rolled out now. I mean, what what are your takeaways?
2: Yeah, um, George, I got to tell you, this, this is I am I, I own this. It has uh, been impactful on my life. I I don't drink anymore. Uh, don't have any desire to. Uh, I realize it but that it made me a much better legislator. Made me a made me a really good minority leader by um, by removing that element, which is a big thing at the Capitol. I mean, every event you go to has alcohol at it. Um, you know, there, uh, it, is, it has been positive for me personally, absolutely uh, life-changing in, in some regards. So, um, so I'm, I'm thankful in that regard that that there was an opportunity for growth here. Um, the outpouring of Support that people have given me through this is, is encouraging, um, and, and I, um, you know, obviously the, the voters in CD4 are going to have to have a level of forgiveness of an infraction that happened, you know, a couple of years ago, or nearly a couple of years ago. So, anyway, that's, that's glad, my passport. I'm glad you brought you that learned up. From me.
1: Well of course of course and I'm glad you brought that that last part up because you are running along with 300 other people to become the the representative for CD4 is it fair for this to be an issue in the primary is it fair for your fellow contestants and voters to question your judgment, and I don't just mean the DUI, and I want to be very sensitive about this. Listen, my my brother got a DUI a hundred years ago, so I I know that anybody can make this mistake, and I'm not absolving them of it. I'm just saying it. Okay, this isn't the kind of thing where, Mike, they found you with a dead body in your trunk, right? Like that's a different kind of crime. But is it fair for voters and the your fellow contestants to question you? and your qualifications to serve in Congress, given not just the DUI, but your judgment in withholding that fact from the public until it was brought forward by someone else. Is that fair? Absolutely. Okay, well, because I imagine they will. I imagine that that part is going to come up. When you uh, look at running, I presume, too, what a huge distraction for you both as a candidate but also as a guy who's trying to figure out a way to lead this these 300 spartans through the hot gates here um in the house is that distraction does that do you risk losing the narrative re- losing the plot here with that distraction and how will you deal with it
2: yeah I, I'm, I, once again yeah, absolutely yeah and we'll figure out a way through it uh, that's that's what my military West point training taught me how to do.
1: My uh situation Mike, too,
2: turned into a victory.
1: Your focus in running for Congress, what is it that you want to make your day one priority, presuming you're able to pull this thing off?
2: Yeah, well, twofold. One, make sure that we seal up that dead gum border. I mean, that has been my fight here in Colorado, is the fight against illegal fentanyl that's coming through, and I'm excited that... I, mean, I was hoping we were going to talk about some of that legislation today, and maybe we can do that later. But those um, uh, so deal up that border, number one. I'm also, from being a military guy, very concerned about what we're doing with our military and the awokeness and the readiness that we are seeing right now in our military. You know, those two things are dedicated the, the, attention, and then also, the, also, you know, making sure that the people of, of North TV are actually represented by somebody that will take their needs and concerns to D.C. and not be part of that D.C. machine.
1: Well, I agree with that part, man, that that, that whole swamp thing is real. Um, I, I forget to ask two questions, man, that I have in my little notes here about the, the, the DUI thing. One is, where were you coming from that night? And the being armed piece is some that is something that people are going to point to and say, hey, man, that guy got, I, I imagine you got charged with, uh, prohibited use of a weapon, which we call colloquially drunk with a gun. Um, what were you doing that night?
2: I was just coming from an event, a um, non-political event uh, that night in, uh, in, in, in northern Colorado.
1: And is it normal for you to be, other than maybe now, but for you to be packing?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a concealed carry. Uh, no. not like I what I used to do for a living is carry a gun. So
1: has the concealed carry been impacted by this case, the the prosecution and and the plea and all that stuff?
2: Well, yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm not allowed to have firearms.
1: Is that during the pendency of the probation or is that longer term than that?
2: No, 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 no. It's just for the probation.
1: I appreciate you talking about that, Mike. Also, I, I do want to talk about the fentanyl thing, too. There's legislation that you and I mentioned on the radio before, and I've heard you talk about it since, that I don't think people really appreciate, and that is that uh, the Democrats in charge of the legislature have watered down the penalties for possessing and, frankly, distributing what is, for us right now, the most lethal substance that I think I've ever seen in criminal justice in 30 years of doing this that I've ever seen out there on the streets. Talk about what you're trying to do to fix it, and do we have any chance of fixing it?
2: Absolutely. George, I've, I've actually uh, got the governor on board, at least he won't veto a bill. I've got numerous uh, Dems on board as well to, to felonize the possession of fentanyl. Um, so right now it's, it's legal, or it is a misdemeanor, it's a ticket, it's much less than a DUI, to have four grams of, of fentanyl on your body at any one time, what that's done is it's created. You know, drug dealers now don't carry. You know, as as much. We've got more drug dealers because they they carry less and they just come back to the mule more often. Um, and also, it's you know, you know, four grams of fentanyl will kill a thousand people. Um, and that is a misdemeanor. That's a ticket in the state of Colorado. So we've got to get that fixed. That's part of it. I'm also working some legislation, George, that. Um, re- Required assessment as part of a condition of bond. So what that what that means is that you know we're going to start interdicting and helping people out much earlier in this process than we were uh, before. I mean, if we're serious about helping people, let's get that let's get that help to them right away, and and make sure that they are. Uh, we're we're using the state's money to get people help for their addiction issues. So.
1: Well, look, Those I'm look really great. encouraged. I'm encouraged by the idea that you have the governor at least in in a position of neutrality and not going to veto this. And if you think you can get this felonization of fentanyl possession over the goal line, I think that's huge. As a person who has been a prosecutor, pretty pleased with sugar on top do not write it in such a way that it requires the prosecutor to prove that the person knew that the drug had fentanyl in it or some quantity of it, because I'm telling you then that would just be a paper charge. It would be unprovable. That's, We've already run into that.
2: Yeah, George, that's, that's the fault. That's the reason I got off of the biggest piece of fentanyl legislation in the state that I helped author a couple of years ago is because of that known or knowingly standard that's on it. Um, we, we we've, you Because know, that's their defense. I didn't know, right? So that, that, that is what we're trying to fix here, for sure. Good.
1: Because when you're peddling poison, man, I think the burden ought to be on you, the poison peddler, to make sure that what you're peddling isn't lethal fentanyl. And if you can't do that, then you just signed up for a felony. Now, granted, I presume there's no chance in hell this could be a mandatory prison type of felony. I, I, I don't know sure. what level of DF it is. Do you know what – we're going to make it a DF what?
2: I mean it's gonna be the lowest level felony out there. That yeah, also, that's probably the that most also, you could
1: get out of this legislature.
2: Absolutely. And and um that is when you know, unless you have a felony, you're not eligible to get treatment and help right now in this state. You know, so it it's really a catch twenty two. They want, they wanna help people but um you have to commit a felony to, to get that help, but then we make it really hard to get a felony. So We've created this Cat 22 to to really help out
1: our citizens. They also crushed the very effective drug courts that most of the metro area offices had stood up, mine included. Because the felony was part of the stick, right? The carrot was, hey, we're going to put you in a situation where we can divert you out of the system. If you don't do it, if you don't comply, you run the risk of a felony conviction and some other sentence, maybe incarceration. When they took that away, I mean, if you're a defense attorney, why would you ever sign your client up for drug court? It is so much harder than the alternative, which is probation. And no offense to probation, they don't do a very good job at this stuff, man. They have too many cases, too few resources. So these drug courts got really scuttled by that law as well. So I'm hopeful if you get this thing passed, we're in a position to try to get more of these folks. The drug dealers, screw them. They they can go to prison. But your low-level drug users and addicts, nobody's looking to incarcerate them or looking to rehabilitate them. And this, I know it sounds counterintuitive if you're a lefty. But giving prosecutors a bigger hammer on the front end ensures compliance with the rehabilitation stuff. And I know you get that, Mike. So thanks for doing that.
3: Yep. Oh, par- pardon me, guys. I, I, I want to uh, uh, interject here just for a second now. Mike as, we're, Mike, as you're going forward and you're talking about the legislation, you're talking about fentanyl and, and why when George is talking about uh, that you, you should not have to prove that the drug dealer intentionally did or knew about it um, I would suggest go back and look at the recent federal testimony from and again it sounds weird uh, from the country slash rock singer jelly roll go take a look (laughs) at it I know it sounds really weird but but hear me out for a second here's why Um, he has multiple drug convictions he was a drug dealer before getting into music And he has a real-life example that will really help you make your case. He talks about the idea that as a drug user, I felt it was a victimless crime. Now I have a 15-year-old daughter at home whose mom is an addict. That's the victims that we create. He talks about the idea that as a drug dealer, he was taking the street drugs and he was cutting them with whatever else he could, fentanyl or anything else, because it would improve profits, because you're shaving off the amount of the hard drugs that you're paying the good money for. And he said, it is not a mistake. The idea that these drug dealers are going out there, and all of a sudden now we have fentanyl's in this. No, no. They're cutting it on purpose. Use his testimony. Show them the intentionality of a guy that is on the inside. And in his testimony, he says, I promise you, he talks about being a kitchen chemist he goes i had no knowledge at all about chemistry but i'm making these choices about how much of these drugs to combine on my kitchen table and he says i guarantee you the drug dealers that are out there now are doing the same thing being the same kitchen chemist and it's killing people go look for it it will help you make your case okay i'm gonna go back into my hole appreciate that (laughs) i like
2: billy's hit and run with this Note to self, jelly roll, jelly roll. It's, it's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, do you ex- as we sign off here, I'm going to get you to do your website, but do you expect another vote today, tomorrow, this no-confidence thing? Is it sometime at the end of the no. session? I mean, when do they do this?
2: No, um, the, the caucus doesn't convene unless I say it convenes. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll be analysts. So stay tuned, George.
1: I'll stay tuned, man. I appreciate that. Listen, uh, you don't need my encouragement to do this because you're doing it right now, but... I'd say just keep suffering the slings and arrows. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're in it now. There's no reason to pull back. If someone right. wants an interview, you just keep moving forward till you get through that gauntlet and then uh, keep yep. moving forward to the good stuff. I know you know that. I'm just trying to encourage you. I think this is the right thing. Timing may always be questionable, but I think this is the right thing, and you just got to get through it.
2: Well, you know, George, it's not how you get knocked down; it's how you get back up. And uh, that's right. I've I've been knocked knocked off a few horses and got back up, and I'll continue to do that because I care about this state and I care about this country. Not willing to let this slow me down.
1: If folks want to know more about you in the campaign for CD four, where can they do that?
2: Uh, uh, Lynch for Colorado dot com. It's F O R Colorado dot com. for Colorado dot com.
1: Man, I'll be seeing you on Thursday, by the way, at that Women of Weld event. Yeah, that'll be great. I'll look forward to it. Hey, uh, Representative Mike Lynch, he's the minority leader for the House Republicans right here in our Colorado General Assembly. I can't thank him enough for taking the time to do this. Folks, if you can't picture what it must be like to be in this situation, and in no way am I taking away anything from how the how the situation got made. I get it, and and I think Mike knows the responsibility and where it lies, too. Un. Comfortable, I presume. Some folks would never do what Mike has done on the front end or on the back end. Um, I think the question here is, "Hey, you broke the vase. Now, what do you do to try to fix it?" And uh, that—that's where he's at. So, I'm interested in getting your feedback on all this. Is this a big deal? It's probably a question worth asking all the candidates. Like, maybe all the candidates should be asked, "Have you ever been arrested? And does it matter anymore in modern politics? Does it matter if your candidate?" Has a criminal history and when and why should it be valued? 303 696 1971. Let's cut away for a break, not before I tell you about Mitch Floria and the art of granite. Mitch, uh, of course, is uh, the superstar American who didn't start off as an American. He started off as a Romanian under communist controlled Ceaușescu, you know, with a, when he was in charge of Romania. But he had that DNA in his blood, that American DNA came over to America as a young man, started a family, started a business. I'm not sure it was in that order, but I also know it doesn't matter. He has made both into superior American examples. This business, and I've been to it, folks. You ought to go to it about uh, Colfax and Sixth Avenue. His business is not granite. And I think that that's a little misleading with the title, but you can't put 800 words in your website. So what Mitch does is he takes granite or marble, Four quarts, and that's all the man-made stuff, which is beautiful. I'm looking at some right now in my kitchen. All of that stuff, and he takes it and turns it into countertops for your home. That facelift you were looking for, this is the guy you called to do it. He is an expert, a craftsman, and a great businessman. So it's bathroom, kitchen, laundry room maybe, uh, down in the, the basement you're trying to finish. Doesn't matter. Call Mitch first, and that will also be your last call. Uh, Mitch does great work, and here's what he, he loves 710 listeners. He loves 710 listeners so much that if you call him and tell him you're a George listener, he'll throw in the bathroom countertop for F-R-E-E-free. If you say, well, well, what if I'm only doing one room? That's okay. He'll throw in the sink for free. You're going to get something for telling him you're a 710 listener. Go to theartofgranite.com, theartofgranite.com, or just call him on his own cell phone, 303-386-5919, 303 303- three eight six five nine one nine that's mitch flory at the art of granite when we come back you me the calls the many texts that are coming up it's george brockler on the george show 710 knus george brockler back with you here 710 knus my thanks to uh representative mike lynch for coming on and um, handling the questions there about the the bad stuff that took place but also talking about the fentanyl issue which i think is key I do think that he is right to connect, by the way, the fentanyl issue to the poorest border down south. It's not just the people and how they end up taxing all the social welfare systems that we have in place and all that. That, That's legit. But if they're slipping through the border, they're not coming without the goods, right? And I'm not saying every one of them is a mule, but, you know, if people are coming through easy to get drugs through, and that's what's killing all these people on the street. I, if if Mike can pull off this felonization of fentanyl position, which used to be the law, by the way, before the Dems got to it, I think that's a huge victory. And he's, I hope he's able to do that. Uh, the other topic, though, was one that I, I mean, this is legit. I don't think that this is um, this is um, a a bigger deal but not for Mike alone. Do you, see, you know what I'm saying? Like right now we have a president, I'm sorry, a presidential candidate, former president, DJT, who is under indictment in four different cases. And we've talked at length about the legitimacy or illegitimacy or the political nature of those things. That's not where I'm going to go. Dude hasn't been cuffed, right? But he's definitely been indicted and he's being prosecuted. We, we treat those things as political, Okay, let's just put that on a shelf right now. We're saying, hey, all of those things are politically motivated. Jack Smith, Fonnie Willis, even Letitia James on the civil side, Alvin Brown. Okay, okay. But not when it comes to regular basic meat and potatoes criminal law stuff. And so the question is, and we know that even Congresswoman Boebert has had a couple contacts with the law. The latest one wasn't even her fault, it was her uh, ex husband. But that's out there, and it makes me wonder. Is there room in politics for people who have run afoul of the law and does it matter? And this sounds dumb. Does it matter what the charge is? Like, what can you get past? What can't you get past? Now I'm going to go ahead and say, if it involves you shooting, stabbing, raping, robbing, all those are no brainers. I get it. But are there other charges? Is it a disqualifier that somebody has been arrested before? and i think we're at a place right now where as scurrilous and scandalous as as some of it may seem i don't know that that's true anymore and the reason i say i don't know that it's true is some of these crimes are crimes that people commit without intent people commit without necessarily being a, a, a bad motive or ill will those things matter to me and i'll give you an example Driving under the influence of alcohol. Let's just use that one, because like I said, in my own family, I have one of those. Incredibly dangerous. I believe that driving drunk is like firing a gun in the front yard of your house up in the air. You don't know where the bullet comes down, but it, if it comes down and hits someone, they're going to die, right? I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. But few people intend to drive drunk. Most people, it's a mistake of judgment. Right. And the reason their judgment is screwed up is because they've let themselves drink to excess. That is one kind of crime. The other, though, would be like shoplifting. And so do you distinguish between the two? Because they're both misdemeanors. One's a misdemeanor, an unclassified misdemeanor traffic offense. Uh, Or the other one is a, a different kind of misdemeanor. You steal. You don't accidentally steal. You don't steal because you're drunk. And please stop the garbage narrative. I'm stealing to feed my kids. Nobody does that. That's not real. But do you treat that differently? Like if you had someone who had come or how about this drunk driving versus you're drunk and you get into a fight with the police. Do you treat that differently differently? 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Lots of folks chiming in here. And look, I I know this is hard for Mike, and it's it's tough to try to get past this election cycle. But man, if it ain't us, it's going to be someone else. And that someone else probably won't be as fair. And And I don't want that to be true either. I just think this is one of those things that I wish... It would have happened back when it happened. I wish the story would have broke back when it happened for Mike. And I get the embarrassment of the family thing. Nobody wants that. I don't want that. The personal stuff, if it, if this was rumor or some other type of scandal, I'd say wholly irrelevant and inappropriate for political discourse. But when it comes to being arrested on the street by a state trooper for this kind of stuff, you have to talk about it. And I you have to have the guts like Mike did to come on the radio and talk about it. But that also means we have to have this conversation. Here's some of the texts that have come in here. And Billy, if you texted me, uh not, 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 okay, hang on here. Because I've once again, when you click on things on your computer Some other things disappear. Here's what I've got. Come clean and let... Here's what it is. Yes, it effing matters if a person has a criminal record. Goes to character. Character matters to me and should matter to others. Anyone who votes for Trump throws character out the window. Come clean and let voters decide. I'm glad you brought up the character thing. I don't view a one-time DUI offense, a first-time DUI offense, as a character flaw akin to stealing. You know, we've had in this state, in the metro area... A high-profile prosecutor arrested for shoplifting. That, to me, feels incredibly different than something like this. Um, Someone else texting in, Billy, thank you for bringing up JR. That is powerful testimony. JR, of course, Jelly Roll. Uh, Another texter, never let it be said. You throw softballs. Tough but fair questions. Was the vote 5-5? Why only 10 votes? No, I think it was 9-9. And I didn't ask Mike this either, but it sounds like if it's 9-9 and Stephanie Luck is out on maternity leave, and congratulations to her, um, that only leaves 18 members. But it makes me think that if if there's a no-confidence vote, you get to vote for yourself, that you continue to have confidence in yourself, because that's 18. Here's another uh, text that has come in. Under the parole system of immigration, Mayorkas as head of Homeland Security can now let anyone to enter this country temporarily under his discretion. The invasion is being allowed intentionally. Definition of an invasion, spread of something hurtful. Well, I don't know, Gino. That seems awfully broad. It just seems awfully broad to say spread of something hurtful is an invasion. I mean, is that how you treat and again, if it's that broad, social media, the stuff you put out there—is that are you invading social I don't know. I don't know. Um, God, Eric Manning. Buddy, take the partisan hat off for a moment. Here's his ding text. Every day he's good for one. That's a damn shame that you, George, always uses my name, didn't mention Senator Menendez and his crime. What? Well, Why do I need to mention that in the context of the do you think it's because I only mentioned Trump and Michelangelo? It has to you have to mention the other Democrats by God. You must mention them or it's not a legitimate issue. And you're just being come on, man. Yeah. Menendez is charged with a bunch of crimes, had the gold bars, the whole thing. We talked about it on the radio before. Yes, it's true. Is that good? Now, now can we get back to it? When does it matter? That kind of crime would matter, right? Because that feels like straight up corruption. That feels like he is trading influence and access for money. That right there, that is completely different than even in my mind, than even shoplifting or DUI. Here's another text. Stealing won't kill people. Driving drunk will. That's fair. That's fair that there's a risk there. I, I agree with you that there is a risk. And I'm not diminishing one over the other. I'm saying in terms of judging someone's character, if it's a second, third, or fourth offense for the DUI, I feel differently about it. But a one-and-done kind of offense, I just know, I've just i got friends, man, that have, that have made this mistake and by the grace of God didn't hurt anyone or themselves. That doesn't diminish it. But that's not a character crime like making the decision to steal. Making the decision to steal is one of those basic things, you know, property rights when you're two, right? Like when you're pulling your Tonka truck away from the kid next to you at preschool, because it's yours and you're, you understand property rights, right? So this, you don't even have to be taught this by mom and dad. It's just natural. That's probably why we think it is so fundamental to the idea of freedom. And yet someone who goes in and steals, it's one of the only misdemeanors, by the way, on the books in Colorado that has intent as part of it. intent You can't accidentally steal, that's just not how it works. That to me feels different. But what do you think, 303-696-1971? Um, <laughs> someone uh, texting in about some other stuff about a picture of the jean jacket. Eric Manning, thank you, George, that's fair. Okay, thank you, man. Reform is the operative consideration For me, I agree. Reform matters. It is not number one, by the way. There's a statutory delineation, by the way, of things that a judge must consider in terms of goals for sentencing. Number one for adults is punishment. And punishment is a tool for reform. It's not just about revenge. It's not society getting its pound of flesh in every case. There is that aspect to some of the violent crimes, no doubt about it. But a tool of reform is to punish. And there are folks out there who adhere to this harm reduction nonsense that feel like that is absolutely the last answer for anybody for anything, that we need to find the source of their evil, figure out how to accommodate for it or mitigate against it, but people just shouldn't be locked up for very long for all the horrible things that they've done. I disagree with that. If you're a fentanyl addict, I want to get you treatment. But I want to get you treatment with a threat. And that threat is you don't get it figured out. You don't do the hard work here. The penalties ratchet up. And it gets to the point where when we can no longer trust you on our streets, you just won't be on our streets. I don't see how that isn't a fair approach to this. The reform, the uh, harm reduction people would say, you just have to let addicts go and continue to offer them treatment. But until they're ready for it, gosh darn it, they're just not going to take it. So let's put them in a safe injection site. I think that's the wrong answer. I think Mike Lynch's approach is the right answer. Here's another text. Billy at the gates of Troy. When was the last time a giant horse was bad? You're crazy if you think they would do that. Uh, Another text. Why deny what works? Trump showed us building Also, more reference to the border stuff uh, back from the six o'clock thing. Here's another text. Would you feel different if you didn't know anyone who drove drunk and got caught? Would I feel different in what way, texter? Tell me that. We'll cut away for a break here. And you tell me that, and I'll definitely answer your question when we come back. Uh, Let me tell you about Ultra Botanica. They provide this Ultra Kerr. Supplement that Billy and I had used for I think we were using it for like a month or so before we gave them feedback on it. And my feedback was pretty straightforward, and that is, now it doesn't prevent the pain that I feel from running, which I shouldn't be doing. I think that's the message God's trying to send me: is you're not a runner, do something else. But I do it anyway, and uh, it's painful. And there's always pain at the end. And I think it's in part my age, and in part because God doesn't want me running. But the Ultra Cur makes that pain less long-lasting. I mean, it it honestly makes it go away more quickly. And I think in large part, it's because this curcumin-based, all-natural, patented um, supplement that's an antioxidant. And here's the thing I think that matters for me is anti-inflammatory. The positive effects of curcumin, you can look them up. You can figure them out. But first, go to your natural grocers. Get the three-day free sample. You have to get it from your vitamin manager. Go to the natural grocers, ask for the vitamin manager, and then get it um and then you can also check them out at get ultra now.com get ultra now.com but don't, i honestly don't just take them at their word go research curcumin that's the magic piece of this thing and, and all the other stuff they've done to make it patented i'm telling you check it out didn't know about it, it blew my mind hey stick around we'll get to your text your calls at 303-696-1971 george brockler 710 knus George Brockler back with you here. 710 KNUS. Not that much time to tell you that stick around. We're going to have Kent Theory, former CEO of Davida, to talk about some ballot measures that are going to fundamentally change elections in Colorado. Stick around. George Brockler, 710 KNUS.